Welcome back to Sanctifying Story with Ryan Ayers. This is episode 16, February 9th, 2022. And this week we're going through The Road by Cormac McCarthy. The Road by Cormac McCarthy is set in a post-apocalyptic wasteland like half of the modern stories, movies, or video games out today. It features starvation, cannibals, and dead landscapes, all par for the course. However, while nearly all of the It's the End of the World as We Know It stories tell surface-level action adventures, The Road is intensely lyrical. What I mean by lyrical is the story is extremely introspective. The protagonist, or the writer, seems to have his back to the audience, meditating to himself, rather than speaking to the audience. We are peering, almost uninvited, at the author's secret musings. Lyrical stories usually feature a kind of fallen Adam and Eve. They bemoan and look back to paradise, but realize they are there no longer. This is the case for the unnamed protagonist, the man, who looks back in his mind to the days before the world blackened and crisped. This looking back to paradise creates a kind of longing throughout lyrical stories, which, given the theme of postmodernism throughout this book, only intensifies that longing. Cormac attempts to fulfill that longing in the book's conclusion, but we shall see whether he has succeeded in the end. Getting Nowhere As the man and the boy are always on the road, and as that is the title, roads must be of special significance. The boy nodded. He sat looking at the map. The man watched him. He thought he knew what that was about. He'd pored over maps as a child, keeping one finger on the town where he lived. Just as he would look up his family in the phone directory. Themselves among others, everything in its place. Justified in the world. Page 154. Maps and roads give structure to an arbitrary world by creating direction and purpose on an otherwise blank page. The man is thinking of the old days when everything had structure, purpose, and everything was in its place. Now, however, he walked out in the gray light and stood and he saw for a brief moment the absolute truth of the world. The cold, relentless circling of the intestate earth, darkness implacable, the blind dogs of the sun and their running, the crushing black vacuum of the universe, and somewhere two hundred animals trembling like ground foxes in their cover. Borrowed time and borrowed world and borrowed eyes with which to sorrow it. Page 110. Now the world has fallen off its tracks and is spinning into nihilism. Life has no meaning. The universe's processes are harsh, merciless, and blind. It is striking that throughout the story, the man and the boy are never really sure where they are on the road, and, most significantly, the man has no real purpose for being on the road. They are going to the coast, but what they will do there, or what they will do afterwards, the man hasn't any clue. The road, then, is a vestige of the old world of order and purpose, left over in a new world of nihilism and blind chance. The man and the boy, then, are out of place in this world because they cannot relate to this world, but they are also out of place because they cannot relate to themselves. They do not know who they are and what they're for. When asked, what are you? They'd no way to answer that question. Page 136. Finally, they do not belong because they cannot relate to each other. 
Maybe he understood for the first time that to the boy he was himself an alien, a being from a planet that no longer existed, the tales of which were suspect. Page 129. Not only is the man from a different planet, but he cannot even demonstrate that that world was ever real. They are lost in themselves, lost with each other, lost in the world, and lost in the cosmos. And the road to nowhere is the manifestation of all this. Biblical Illusions In order to talk about Cormac's solution to nihilism, it is, it is important to add another layer. The man's wife commits suicide because... My only hope is for eternal nothingness, page 40, and she challenges the man to do the same. This sounds like Job's wife telling him to curse God and die. The man does curse God. Are you there? Have you a neck by which to throttle you? Page 10. But he refuses death simply to protect his son. Indeed, he tells his son, I was appointed by God to take care of you, page 65. The man wants to believe in God to set an example for his son, but given the absolute truth of the world is nihilism, doesn't believe in a god. The question of where is God is one of the central themes of the story that, as the darkness and the hope both steadily increase, comes to a climax at the end of the novel. Cormac's Solution Cormac has set himself quite the challenge to solve these problems, and he almost succeeds. At the end of the book, the man dies. Afterward, the boy finds the good guys, and a woman who, when she saw him, put her arms around him and held him. Oh, she said, I am so glad to see you. Page 241. Both man and boy have ended their wandering, and there is a kind of peace at long last. The next two paragraphs disclose Cormac's solution. The woman would try to talk to him sometimes about God. He tried to talk to God, but the best thing was to talk to his father. The woman said that was all right. She said that the breath of God was his breath yet, though it passed from man to man through all of time. Page 241. That last sen sentence is enigmatic. But in the first sentence, the woman tells the boy it is all right to talk to his father in the place of God. Her reason for this replacement is that God's breath was still his breath yet, though it passed from man to man. Since this sentence must explain why talking to his father in the place of God is perfectly acceptable for the foreseeable future, it seems the only meaning that makes sense is that God is in all of us, since his breath is in every man. What God in all of us could mean is that morality, meaning to life, and truth are found in man. In other words, man is the center of the universe, and in the road, the solution to all the man's and the boy's questions. Here is the last paragraph of the book and the second part to Cormac's solution. Once there were brook trout in the streams in the mountains. On their back were vermiculate patterns that were maps of the world and its becoming, of a thing which could not be put back, not be made right again. In the deep where they lived, all things were older than man, and they hummed of mystery. Page 241. Here the trout have their own roads on their backs, symbols of an ordered world which could not be made right again. Everything hangs on the next sentence. In the deep where they, the trout, the symbols of an ordered universe, live, all things were older than man, and they hummed of mystery. Since the paragraph describes the trout that are no more, one could interpret the deep things also passing away, and by the boy's time they are not humming of mystery, they have died. However, this makes no sense with the narrative arc, with the god question finally answered, the man at peace, and the boy with a mom. 
for the story to end happily, and then one paragraph later for the book to remind us of despair, which it has been reminding us of since page one, seems narratival whiplash as well as beating a dead horse. Instead, I take the last paragraph to be talking about the past, and the whole par paragraph speaks to what will never be again, right up until the sentence not be made right again. I then take the last sentence about deep glens and humming to be a reversal. Despite the ashened world, in the deep glens things far older than man have been and will continue to be unaffected by man's destructive behavior. One might retort that the whole rest of the paragraph is about things past and gone, and it would be strange to have a sudden turnaround at the end. This is quite true, but you either have a strange turnaround at the end of the paragraph into hope, or you get narrative of whiplash from the final paragraph suddenly describing despair again. I think strange hope makes the most sense of the paragraph, and the book, especially since the road repeats the pattern of despair suddenly turned into hope again and again. Hummed of mystery is ambiguous, but gives a sense of expectancy. Something unknown is becoming, and the deep things are proclaiming it. In light of the boy finding civilization, and of how his father's generation is in some ways alien to his, it seems the boy is not one more generation in a long line, but rather the first generation of a new people on a world that just might begin to heal itself. And, since people are the vessels of morality, meaning will come back into the world, which might be what the deep things are proclaiming. Obviously, this is not the ending any of us hoped for. To make matters tricky, there is also a strong tendency to read the ending we want into the book. It is true that God's breath is in man. God did breathe on man and gave him life. Further, when the boy worries about another boy they met on the road, the man's last words in the book are, Goodness will find the little boy. It always has. It will again. Page 236. This is starting to sound like maybe the Christian God really is there. However, the man earlier admits to simply making things up to help his boy, as he does with his We Carry the Fire mantra. Moreover, throughout the story, as the pressure increases, the man makes poorer and poorer decisions. They're starving, and he goes back on his promise and kills a dog. They lost their possessions, and he indirectly kills a man by taking all his stuff, including his clothes. Now that more pressure is on him, in his death throes than ever before, it would be out of character for him to suddenly die a saint's death. I can see how Christians could interpret this book as st stating God is there, and perhaps Cormac intended it so, but the boy switching out God for his father, the unheroic pattern of his father, and the deep pessimistic ambiguities unanswered at the conclusion nullify a Christian interpretation to the conclusion. It seems clear Cormac hates postmodern despair and wants to get out of it, thus the happy ending but it also seems clear he wants to get out of despair while keeping man at the center, which is a little like trying to shoot yourself in the foot without hurting yourself. Cormac failed to solve the intense longing for the past in The Road. But if the reader learns anything from The Road, it is that postmodernism is soul torture and about as attractive as a spoonful of maggots. In The Road, Cormac pinpoints the postmodern man's alienation from himself, mankind, and the cosmos. He then relates the seed form of postmodernism, the cry of where is God, and the conclusion that God is not there. The heavens are closed doors. And because God is not there, man is left to fend for himself in a hostile world, and thus enters the inevitable despair of postmodernism, wafting from every page of the road.
But the postmodern cannot find God, not because the heavens are shut against his searching eyes, but because the postmodern has shut his eyes against heaven. Jesus, Jesus states, He will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. John fourteen fifteen to 17 As Herman Melville quips, Our souls are like those orphans whose unwedded mothers die in bearing them. The secret of our paternity lies in their grave. Page 473 But Christians' souls know their parentage because our Father has revealed himself to us and died and rose again to bring us into his family. We know our Father and we know how we belong with him, with each other in his creation. We know our Father and we know how we belong with him, with each other, and in his creation because he has told us our purpose, our end goal, our fulfillment, to be perfect, joyful, and peaceful, to be like God. If this sounds impossible, it would be, if we did not know our Father the Helper, and if He did not constantly walk with us, making us more like Him every day, forever. Until next time. The road is well written, enjoyable to read, and really fun to try and figure out its meaning, though it is full of postmodern despair. Frankly, I would recommend watching The Book of Eli over reading The Road, as the book, the book of Eli is practically the same setting, but is undeniably Christian and one of the best made movies I've ever seen. Whether you read The Road or watch The Book of Eli, thanks for listening to Sanctifying Stories.